welcome back to another episode of the Good Bad Real Estate Podcast. I'm Joao Rivera with my co-host. Sasha Hernandez. And today we're going to talk about a little something that some of you might have at the top of your mind, and that's becoming a real estate agent. Now, it's not that simple. Everyone likes to make it seem very easy and you just make these globs of money and you're driving around in your Mercedes. Um, and that's not always the case for a lot of people. And we want to talk about that. Oh, nay, nay. Yeah. Real estate. Oh, we all love it. We do. But, you know, in the beginning, so first of all, a lot of people like that. They want to make money. Yep. They want free time, right? Right. Because you always see real realtors taking vacations. Not me, but other ones <laughs> that I've heard of. They take vacations. They're lucky. <laughs> Joelle. <laughs> I love me a good vacation, especially after a nice commission uh, check. After a nice commission check, for real. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into real estate. There's, in the beginning, you know, everything is, it can be a little overwhelming. Right. It can be. Right. And you might be getting into this because you want some financial freedom. You want to make that extra vacation money. For sure. Or you want to do this part-time. Or you're looking to just make an entire career change. So yeah. I see that happen very often. I mean, and it's great because as a realtor, I'm a mom. I have three kids. I can I can maneuver and manage my time around my kids' schedule. Of course, there's certain things you can't. But for the most part, you know, I can play around with all of that to make sure that I have a family time and I have work time, which is a beautiful thing in, for me personally in real estate. How about you? Yes, but for the most part, I see a lot of agents really falter when it comes to that. You have to have some discipline. Really good discipline right? because, because I could work for like two in the morning. Well, there's that, <laughs> but then you have realtors who get into the field because they want that flexibility of time. Mm -hmm. And typically when you have a nine to five, you kind of set your schedule to say, I'm working between these times, right? And your brain kind of clicks into it because once you go into work mode, your brain kind of says, right, this yeah. is what I'm doing. And that's what you do all day. Yeah. But, <laughs> when you're, but when you're home, you know, it's hard to say, or for a lot of people, it's hard to say, okay, this is my prospecting time. I'm not going to do laundry at this time. Oh, and that laundry list, that, that thing just looks at you like, hey. Like, hey, you're home. <laughs> Come help me out. Come so, clean me. So let's start off a little bit with just even where you begin, right? So um, I get asked this all the time from just friends, family, acquaintances of friends, just saying, hey, I know you're in real estate. Where do I begin if I want to get started? Where should we start? Well, first you have to take your classes. That's mm. the first thing. And determining which type of class is the best for you. They have online classes. They have in-person classes. Well, that's now. Yeah. I remember when I was taking my classes, it was a 60-hour in-person only class. Really? And they would only give you credit if you were sitting in that seat. And I it took me about five months to complete because it was only uh, two days a week for like three hours, something like that. Really? And the state would not give you credit if you were not in person there and a physical signature in your sign-in sheet. Now, after COVID, obviously, I, I saw a ton of different, you know, really? exceptions and changes to these different programs where now they allow you to take them on Zoom and they're monitored and all that in order to give you the credit. But yeah. This oh, is I did mine online. That's a, well, this, 10 I'm, years ago, I, though. Yeah, I'm talking 12 years ago, but this was 
in Connecticut. Connecticut. So every state, I should mention that right now, every single state is different, as you can see. Yeah. So here in Florida, the first time, (laughs) the first time I tried it. I did it online and discovered that that was not the way to go. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I did everything. I did all the classes. 63 hours online, though. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, yeah, that was tricky. I passed. I did everything. But then I didn't, I didn't continue on because after you do your classes, you have to take the state test. And I didn't do it then. The second time I went in person, mm. which was for me, better because I was able to ask questions because I had lots of questions and I got to meet other people who were already in the field and needing to get their licenses then. So it gave me, um, I guess a broader range of what is exactly in the real estate field. Cause at that time Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I didn't really know. I just knew new builds and I knew that you sold used homes, like a used car. That's what I thought it was (laughs) like, and you learn a lot when you go to these classes and you're in person. Oh, yeah. I think my my favorite was the in-person class. Not that I got a chance to take the virtual classes, but I got so much out of it the same way you did. I made a lot of friends throughout that process that I'm still friends with today, which was fantastic. It was something you can sort of miss in a virtual setting. Yeah, well, I remember when I was um, doing in-person the second time around. <laughs> Um, there was a person who came in for timeshares to recruit timeshare people, right? Mm, Florida, real yeah, estate. you gotta love it. Love timeshares. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't talked about much in Connecticut. <laughs> well, I was like, oh, wow, that sounds really great. I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. And the person who was doing the presentation, she was like, yeah, no, I don't think timeshares would be good for you. I was like, oh, oh. oh my goodness. I was like, oh, why? She was like, you're too nice and you may give off too many discounts. I was like, oh, oh okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wow. So like in like 20 minutes of me barely having a conversation with you, you already knew that I was too nice and I was okay. Wow. Well, that I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's too I, nice. But I don't like hearing that I can't do something. Of course. That would, makes me want to do it. I would have purposely went back and gotten into timeshares just to prove them wrong. Yeah. I think she <laughs> probably thought that I would cry the first day. Oh. God, they do have great sales skills. I will say they do. They have amazing great skills. So if you ever go into timeshares, you're going to get some good skill building. I know of one real estate agent who purposely got into timeshares to get all of the sales training that they needed and are a million, like a million dollar agent, you know, gross income agent now because of those. Because of those. Yeah, they do. They do some great training. I mean, when you're really looking into the real estate field. There is so many things that you can actually get into. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be just, you know, showing property. Right. And during those pre-licensing classes, you will go over, over most all of that. Of that. Stuff, right. And there's a lot of law that you learn through there. Just keep in mind that when you're in those classes, you're taking, you're really studying for two exams, right? You're studying for a federal or a national exam that's across the entire country right and then you have your state specific exam which has laws and rules and regulations that are particular to your state yeah now let me tell you get good at your state because i was in connecticut and i was taking those classes for also for florida and let me tell you the, the the regulations mix up in your head you're like wait a minute is this rule like 
evictions are done differently in Florida than in Connecticut being a judicial state. So there's different pieces that you really have to take into account if you're going to be looking into two different states. Yeah, there's um, well, I forgot the term. What's the term when you can do both, uh, do other states? Dual eight, oh, no, du- dual eight, oh, no, that's... a whole different bugging. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Are we reciprocal? Agreement? Reciprocal agreement. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. So you can, in certain states, you can do real estate in one state and do it in another state while you're there. So Connecticut and Florida at the moment still have that agreement. Well, let's talk about the test, right? So now, oh, you, yeah, now you took those classes, 63 hours, mm-hmm. depending on your state, it might be more, might be less. And you first, first off, you need to pass that school's the school test class, right? Mm-hmm. In order to get you know, the certification, the certification to be able to even go and apply for the actual exams. Yeah, they need the proof. Yeah. So now you go ahead and take this exam. Three hours. Oh, yeah. So you have your national and your state. Sasha, how was your first one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so the first time around, I failed. Okay. By like, I, oh, I was so pathetic. It was by very little. And when you fail, when you fail, <laughs> you're able to get a copy of the the answers, the test, right? And take a look at what the the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. There weren't no, that was pathetic. I'm not a good test taker, y'all. So it was like stupid stuff that I knew and just couldn't come up with at that moment. Years later, the second time around, I passed it on the first time. Oh. I did. I didn't think I was prepared. I even fell asleep during the t- stress. Okay, stress does that. But I did. I passed it. It was so, it was so nerve wracking. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. And when I got up and I went to the lady, I was, I was prepared to get like a packet of all the wrong answers. But no, she was like, you're good to go. And I was like, Thank you for telling me so kindly. And when I picked it up, I saw that I passed. I said a couple colorful words I'm not going to mention here. But I was super excited and really excited to start my journey on actual real estate. But when you take the school, like the school and the classes is mostly law. Mm-hmm. And you really don't know anything else. Like, okay, so now how do I write a contract? How do I get prospects? How do I do anything else? Right. You know, so then you go into other things. Joe. Yeah. And most of the time when you go to take your exam, you're again, you're just focusing in on those regulations nationwide and your state, state exam. Now, when you go and take your exam, you take two separate exams. So you'll know when your exam that you're looking at is your national one that you're taking currently. And then separately. Now, this was in Connecticut. Yeah, I was going to say, because here in Florida, it's just one test. It's one exam. Wow. One no, exam. We, in Connecticut, we had a national exam, and then you had your state exam, which was separate, which I have a story about that. So yeah. the first time I went and took my exam, I passed them both. Now, in Connecticut, I, didn't, I don't know if it's maybe because I passed it, that they don't give you the wrong, they give you a survey after you're done, right? Yeah. Before you hit submit, they give you this little survey. And then at the end, when you hit that final submit button, it says, are you sure you want to submit? Oh my God, that's like the worst question. They ask it like three times. Three times. And so I clicked yes, and then bam, they said, congratulations, you passed. And it gives you your score, and I was really excited. Now, 
I have my broker's license as well, which is a very similar process after all the education you have to take. My, I passed my national exam, right? When I went to get the state one for my brokers in Florida, I actually failed it the first time. Oh. And the reason why is obviously you need at least a 70 to pass. Yes. Right? For 75. 75. 75. It's been a few years. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So it was a 75. And obviously with, a, with an exam of 40 questions, you can get less wrong. Mm -hmm. So I got, I was short one. Oh. I was short one to just pass it the first time, which I was very upset with myself. But I actually pushed on. And I scheduled myself a week later to go back and take it. So I, I studied for a week, went back, finally passed it the second time. Super easy. But there's a couple different components of the test, right? You have some math in there. Ugh. I know that's everyone's least favorite piece of that exam. You have your math. You have uh, a know. lot of uh, ethics, um, laws, different pieces that you really have to hone in. I mean, I spent a week before my first time going for this exam. I took a whole week, locked myself up in a room. And I studied with flashcards every day. Oh, I did CompuCram, not oh, sponsored. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did I did CompuCram on my phone and on my laptop. And in Connecticut, we use the the host of the exam over there. It's PCI. Okay. okay? And also there's this. Sponsored. Yeah, not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> there's this book that was called The Guide to Passing the PCI. Ooh. And it was actually written by the test makers. Oh, So I took that and I made as many flashcards. And let me tell you a little secret here. I found some questions on the exam that were written almost word for word Very from familiar. the way it was in the book. It was a great tool. I use it all the time. Now here, I think in Florida, it's Dearborn or... Um, Who's, um, Pearson View. Pearson View. Pearson, Pearson View. View. And they also have one that's like a guide to passing the real estate Pearson View exam. Now, where was Check that out those books. I mean, Amazon is loaded with those books. Check out the reviews you really hear about. Again, this is not sponsored not in any sponsored, way. But you'll, you'll see through the reviews how many people actually pass their exam by these things. Well, yeah, I, su I highly suggest after you take the school, just keep on studying up until the day of your test. I mean, I literally studied up until I was in the parking lot mm. of the test site. And I was so nervous. Oh, my God, I was so nervous. And believe it or not, I was able to breeze through even the math questions, which it's not my uh, my strong sweep there. But definitely, and see if you can find a buddy. Yeah. If you can find another, like, an agent that you trust and knows about the stuff they'll be able to help you out yeah you i didn't know? have the buddy but i did have my fiance who helped me with just the flashcards with the flashcards go back and forth and kind of say Can you just read them to me let me let me tell you the answer and tell me when i'm wrong and and that's that's how i got through it no i just loaded up on my phone everywhere i went everywhere it went <laughs> yes all right so we passed the exam yeah Congratulations. Congratulations, right? You passed the exam. Now what? Now what? You got to find a broker. You find a broker. But wait, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about this real quick. Mm. Because one thing that they did not tell me to this day, I'm secretly holding some anger inside. Let it is, out. Is that they, there's so many expenses to real estate, to being a real estate agent. Well, first of all, before you even get to take your test, 
like at least here in Florida, mm-hmm. you got to go through your background check. You got to do your fingerprints. Yeah. Not to mention the schooling for the t- uh, for the exam. Mm-hmm. That's already pricey. And then taking the exam every time, like at least when I took it, it was like 30 bucks mm. every time we went to take the test. <laughs> oh, Connecticut was like $200. Holy Jesus. Yeah. 30 bucks yeah. is great. Yeah, no. Florida's was was like nothing compared, compared huh? to, to that. Yeah. So just getting into real estate plus you still have to pay the um the licensing with the DBPR. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, yeah, just getting you, started. Yeah. You have a lot. Then once you're in, you have your MLS that you gotta get. Mm-hmm. Once you get your brokerage. You have to pay your NAR dues, dependent on your brokerage, because not all brokerages are part of the National Association of Realtors, mm. meaning that they also can't use the MLS. Mm. So pick your brokerage guides. Yes. And, you know, you definitely want the picking your brokerage can be a whole episode. Oh, that alone. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's um, you have to be very, very picky. You, and you should be. You should find the brokerage that fits your needs right we're in a we're currently this wasn't the same 12 years ago when i got into real estate where back in the day when you would go meet your your broker you were interviewing essentially for a job right yes you're you sat there you went through a formal interview process nowadays the brokers are not interviewing you you're interviewing your brokers right it's now it has shifted to like what are you doing for me because at the end of the day whatever i bring in is really going to benefit you as a brokerage Mm -hmm. so i mean keep that in mind that sometimes you might come across some brokerages that make it sound like they're doing you a favor Mm -hmm. and really you have to think about it that you are now becoming an independent contractor and that you are your own business and you make all of those decisions on your own and you have the the choice to go to a different brokerage. I just spoke to a, a newly licensed agent recently. And she was telling me, you know, I he told me what to do to get into real estate. And I got my exam. He didn't help me financially or nothing. He just told me what to do. And he said, I have to join his brokerage because he did all that. And I was like, but you're an independent contractor. You have the freedom to go wherever you want yeah. Now, when you're a real estate agent as a salesperson license, you have to be under a broker. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about what what's what the difference between entails. a broker license and a, and a salesperson license later on. But you have to be under a broker. And she was, you know, and she was miserable where she was at. She was like, "They're not providing support. Um, everything is. I'm brand new. I don't know what to do on a day to day basis. Like, where do I even begin?" I try to ask for help and they don't steer me in the right direction. I I feel stuck. And I said, well, you shouldn't feel stuck. You shouldn't feel that way. I and mean... now she's in a new brokerage with EXP. EXP. Yeah. And she's as happy as all can be. So I'm really happy that we were able to get her there. And yeah, I mean, more. you need to look into a brokerage that is really going to work with you, not against you. If you have and you're an emerging agent, there's so much to learn about actually doing real estate. They don't teach you that in the classes. Good point. You know, I mean, there is so much from prospecting to how to write a contract, the different addenda. Well, I may get some hate mail for this. Uh Uh-oh. But I want to say that maybe 35% of what I learned in the licensing class 
is what I actually use on a day-to-day basis in real estate. You know, because you still do really need to know what are the laws, no, what are the true. rules, what what's going on with your your lead based disclosures, all those different things. You need to know about all these different environmental factors. In Florida, you have waterways that's really big. That wasn't as big in in Connecticut. Connecticut. You barely heard about that. So you really do need to know all those different pieces, right? And it it it's there's so many pieces that you don't learn, you learn, like you said writing up a contract, how to even find clients. Oh my gosh, that's the biggest one. Where do you begin, you know? And then back in the day, and even for me, like when I first started actually working in real estate, you know, those things were really hush hush. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't have my secrets. Are you crazy? You can steal my clients. How dare you? You know, now it's different. Now, you know, I might have someone that I know might not be a good fit for me. And I can pass them on to someone that I know and trust as an agent that I know is going to take care of this person and they may fit well together. Did I lose out on a commission? Not necessarily, because we can always do a referral. Right. You know, but people, when you start out, and they don't the know that. And by the way, for those who don't know what a referral is, Ooh, yes. Okay. It's a really, and I know agents who are doing this and making money without doing anything. Right. Just if you come, if you come across someone who needs real estate services and you say, you know what? I don't want to do a disservice to you. I can't provide the service that you need. I'm going to refer you to my friend, Sasha, and she's going to take care of you. Great. Yes. Right. I send them over to Sasha, but I say, Hey, Sasha, I'm going to give you a client, but can you give me 25%, 20, 25% of the real estate commission when you close on a deal with them? And then I get a check for just sending a client to Sasha. Now that for real estate agents is nationwide. You can do that with, with um, agents across the entire country. You can send a client to them and ask Mm -hmm. for a referral. And if someone says, no, I don't want that. Then you have the right to say, okay, then I'm not going to use you. I'm going to send it to someone else. Yeah. And like, and even if you know someone who's moving from state to state, like I have one person who is here in Florida, but she's moving out to Wyoming. She's like, I'm moving out to Wyoming. I need to find a place so you know how I can get some help. Do you have anyone who can help me? Girl, I got you. (laughs) Why? Because I'm an EXP and we're all over the place. So I have a whole referral network that I can send her out to. And I know that she's going to be taken care of properly and get all the help that she needs in the moving process. You know, so I nowadays it's just so much easier and we're not so tight-knit with our secrets like I can tell Joel hey I found out this great way to help our clients and we share these things we mastermind you get together and it's agents helping agents thank you for mentioning that because I want to I want to be the one to put out there that that has been the culture I have felt here at EXP awesome that is not the same thing in different brokerages no Okay. I have met agents and I've been, I've been with Century 21. I was with another one called Stone, Stone Tower Realty, which was a boutique shop. I was with one in Connecticut, which was a fantastic one that cared for me for many years uh, in Watertown, Connecticut called Regency Real Estate. And Dave Aragema, who's the broker there, took really great care of me. I loved being in that brokerage. It wasn't until I moved down that I actually left them. But that culture doesn't exist everywhere. No, it you have not. some agencies where when I was with Century 21, not bashing Century 21, but the, the brokers that I was with, it was just like that. 
there was this scarce mentality that if I tell you, hey, I did this mailing and it worked great for me, that somehow I was going to steal all their clients and mm. I was going to, you know, take food out of their family's mouths, yeah. right? And now you got these different brokerages that are exploding across the country, just like EXP, who are agents helping agents where their focus is that. And we're, help you grow. And it's really, it's it's amazing to see. I mean, it, it was not it was not available 12 years ago when I got into real estate, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, um, it's a mindset that we're all, well, not all of us, but that we're growing into, right. you know, being abundant in what we're doing and just feeling free enough to show other people, hey, I've been doing X, Y, Z. It's been working for me. Or if someone comes to me, it's like, okay, you know what? I am having some serious issues this is what's going on. And I can sit with them and brainstorm and figure out a way to help them get up that rung on the ladder. Mm -hmm. And when you start in real estate, you have no clue <laughs> what to do. You're like, well, I've been watching the HGTV shows and they're selling butterflies and sitting on the couch and they're going to buy a million dollar house. I want to do that too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. So if you know of anybody who's selling butterflies <laughs> and making that much money, let me know. I want to help them out. And you won't be alone. I I I actually took a liking to real estate because back in like 2011, I started watching a lot of real estate shows on TV. You know, the million dollar listings in New York and Los Angeles and Miami and all these big time things. And I was like, well, I I I think I have the people skills to do that, but. The then skills. I second guessed myself. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just try it. I went and got my license. I joined a brokerage. And then I hit the wall of reality. And that wall of reality is holy crap. I actually have to do some work what? to get these clients. No. Like, wait a minute. I thought I was just going to walk in here. You were just going to hand me customers. But apparently, that's not the way it works. No. <laughs> It does not. And you know, what was the percentage that we saw? 87%. 87%. of real estate agents fail within the first five years of being in real estate. Think about that. 80. Put 100 people in a room, only 13 people are left after five years. Congratulations, sir. We've made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you we can't too. It. But the thing is, there's there's a lot of you know, there's a lot that, that comes there's a lot of expenses. just surviving, yeah. um, just surviving in the industry. Not to mention after you've paid all of that, guess what? There's still continuing education you got to do. That's true. <laughs> so real estate is forever changing, right? right. So every, what's working today or what's the norm for today might not be tomorrow. Tomorrow they might pop up with a new law and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, hello. How are you? Let's start over again. Mm -hmm. So in Florida, after you get your license, you have two years to take your post license. So that's another 45 hours that you got to do. And you're just like, oh, God. And, <laughs> and but now as a broker, I had to take another 60 <laughs> after I got licensed here. Yeah. With the XP, I don't have to become a broker. I could just yes. stay a regular agent and still make all the money. Well, let's talk about that. Sure. What what let's talk about what's the difference? Why? Why would First off, what's a broker, right? And what's a salesperson? 
So I'm a salesperson. I'm a real estate licensed salesperson, a realtor. Joelle is a broker associate, correct? Right. Yes. Yep. All right. So I don't have to go for all the extra classes a broker would need to take because I'm just selling property. Right. How and as you? a broker, there's the different pieces that I had to go about was I had to take appraisal classes. I had to take more ethics classes. I had to take brokerage management classes mm. just to be able to understand how to operate a brokerage and turn, I mean, all the way down to how long I need to keep a piece of paper for to be, to stay in compliance Ooh, with the in state. Compliance. Yes. And as you can imagine, taking it in Connecticut and in Florida, two times, totally different rules can get a little bit mixed up. So, I mean, again, I have two little binders with notes for different states because of that reason, but out of curiosity, it, yeah. how long do you have to keep it in Florida? Say again? How long do you have to keep your papers for in Florida? In Florida, you depending on what, because you have mm. in like actual checks, right? If someone comes to drop off a deposit, there are, you need to keep those for at least two years. Okay. Okay. Then you have other documents as well, like sales contracts, all those, those are for three years. So depending on all that, that filing system you need to keep is really intense. And you can get a surprise visit from the state at any moment, they tell you. Wow. And you need to be able to hand these over and we'll give them rights to those file cabinets to audit your paperwork. And it has to be in paper form or can it be digital? It can be in digital format as well. Nowadays, things are changing. So yeah. now it could be that. How I've also seen investigators request access to your digital files. Oh, Lord. So you have auditors saying like, this consider this an audit. You know, if you have your stuff in digital format, give us access on this date and they'll take it from there. Luckily, I don't have to worry about all that. So as a broker, you're able to open up your own office and do exactly what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. However, when you have your broker's license and you are under a broker or you're with a brokerage, like I am with eXp, because eXp is the big Big umbrella. big umbrella brokerage. I'm considered a broker associate, which means I have my broker title, but I'm not the managing broker. I'm an associate of the entire company, right? Is it worth it? Depends, right? If you want to expand your career and say, hey, I one day I want to open up my own office or one day I want to, um, you know, just branch out maybe branch off you have boutique. different yeah you can branch off to do your own boutique shop or let's just say you want to tap into different markets of real estate and you want to put a name for yourself under that having a brokerage gives you that that <laughs> title that you would want to be able to put on your marketing that you're a broker not saying that a broker has more respect than a salesperson but you just have different conversations when you're in front of a buyer or seller right um, why? Because most people will associate a broker went through more education, went through more requirements to get to their license. Do I, do I see much of a difference in it? I rarely ever use the word broker in a casual conversation, right? The only place that I really see it are on my real estate signs. And I have gotten phone calls saying, Hey, I saw that you're a broker for this company. Like you're the head honcho. And I'm like, I'm actually not. I work mm -hmm. for myself and I have a team that I work with, but I am not the owner of eXp. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am, I'm a broker associate. So again, is it worth it? It's definitely something to consider if you're looking to expand. Do you need it right away? Absolutely not. And in fact, most places don't even let you get your broker's license until 
you meet certain requirements, requirements like being yeah. in the industry for two years or more. In Connecticut, you have to have a certain amount of closed transactions per year in order to even go for your broker's license. Really? So, and that was newer as I was getting like finalizing my broker's license. But yeah, those are the here in Florida. I, if I'm not mistaken, it's, mm -hmm. it's been some time. Um, you just have to have your associates license for two years, mm -hmm. and then you can go for your brokers. Yeah. So it's like. Like that, like an associate's degree and going up for your what, your bachelor's. Yeah. Just moving up on up a step ahead. Now, there is a lot that comes into play if you are going for your brokerage, because once you have your brokerage license and you're going to be your mm -hmm. own entity. Well, there's way oh, more expenses. There's so much more that goes there's into more it. more expenses to that. And it's not to discourage anyone because you want to assume that if you're, you, you got your brokerage license and you are taking this new path, that you are setting aside money for that because here's the one thing if you don't get anything else out of this entire podcast episode think about this i walked into real estate with the wrong mindset hmm. okay i walked in thinking okay i'm gonna get leads i'm gonna do this work i'm gonna bring in my personality and all will be dandy i'm gonna make millions just like my my friends on tv okay all of our celebrity realtor yeah. that was not the case the mentality you need to take as soon as you walk into this business is that it is a business. You should develop a business plan. Yes. You should develop a budget that says, how much money am I going to spend on marketing? Because guess what? You have your brokerage, but you're in charge of your own expenses for marketing, depending if you have relationships with other people to co-market with you. But you're in charge of your own flyers. In some brokerages, you're in charge of your own business cards. Like. Yep. That's all you. Um, Everything is. They give you a percentage you. and then they're like, you know, you're you. You run your business. This is your business. So walk into it with that mindset. Yeah, you are a business owner. And, you know, surround yourself with the people who will help you with that, who will encourage you to go forward. You know, there's, there's whole classes on business plans and helping you set your goals for what you want to do throughout the year, throughout the next five years, throughout the next 10 years. You know, every year looks different. Commissions fly left and right, right, you know, and you have to keep in mind before you quit your day job. <laughs> oh my God. I got a story for you. Good. All right. So I took my, I, I took my exam. I passed my license. I joined a brokerage. No one told me how expensive real estate was. Okay. Do you know what I did? What you do? I signed up for my brokerage and I quit my job. Oh my God. I quit my job. And I had to have. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I was fresh in real estate. I knew nothing about real estate. I just assumed it was going to be like another job. I just needed a license to do it. I quit my job and I'll never forget this. My broker at one point said, I want you to go show this person these houses. And I had to look at him in the eyes and really swallow my pride and say to him, I don't even have gas money to get to the office tomorrow. And that's when I knew I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing this whole thing totally wrong. And this is where it comes down to surrounding yourself with people who will help you on that step right because had he been with a brokerage that 
would have been like, okay, you know what? Don't quit I got your job. You. Yeah, right. First of all, <laughs> unless, or maybe you could, maybe you are in a yeah. financial position. If you have now, once again, this is a business. So if you have the next six months of your expenses covered for your family, for yourself, and for starting your business, then maybe you are in a financial position where you can say, I can quit because I have X amount of money. And I know that I'm disciplined enough that I'm only going to spend XYZ on XYZ. Maybe you can. And if you could, congratulations, more power to you. And I wish you all the best success because I really do. But had he been with some with the brokers that would have been helping him out, they would have sat down with him and gone over that, gone over a business plan, gone over how much money you need to make in your first year and how you're going to get started doing that. You know, what's funny is I did that. That was the first thing I did when I got with EXP. Mm -hmm. And I was amazed because every brokerage I went into just told me, hey, how much money you want to make? And of course, not knowing, I was just like, I want to make a million dollars if I can, right? Yeah, like, right. That, and like, that's pretty easy selling houses. And it wasn't. And it's, it's not. It's like you mentioned, it's around the brokerage or who's going to help you Get to, to, you to realize, to, to say, hey, you know what? You might want to do this part-time. And let me just reemphasize to everyone here. There's nothing wrong with you having to start off part-time. There's this, I don't know where it came from. There's this stigma that a part-time agent isn't as effective and that's as a full-time agent. And let me tell you, some of the most hard, the hardest working agents and the most dedicated agents that I've seen that's are the ones doing it part-time because they're hustling on the side. Mm -hmm. They know that this time that they're spending, that they're not with their families and they're doing this part-time are the ones that like, I can't waste my time. I need to yep. make sure that I represent my client the, the best. The best of and I've ability. seen some full-time agents who, because this is their day in, day out, they take I mean, it sadly, easy. for the most part, either they're taking it easy or some of them are just burnt out and they're just like, whatever, yeah. I made my money in real estate and I'm done. So don't feel bad if you need to start part time and then grow into full time later on. Exactly. Don't don't feel that you need to just throw yourself full on head on. You know, there are people out there who will help you and you just have to have the mentality not a scarcity mindset. You have to be abundant. You have to yes. think abundance and it will come. Right. And not to be all the secret on you, but it will. It, it <laughs> truly will. You know, you just have to be dedicated and you have to know, know your stuff, learn your stuff and get out there. And are you going to fail? Yeah. Do we still fail? Yes. Still, still <laughs> we have some later. epic failures sometimes. But that's okay because they're growing experiences and there's things that we learn. I mean, if you listen to our last <laughs> podcast episode, oh, we have a lot of learning opportunities in real estate right. and that's a great thing. And the other thing is that you, you're part of this community, yes. right? You want to build community with other people, even tuning into something like our podcast where you're hearing the real, like, what's the good stuff? What's the bad stuff? And what's some of the real shit that's happening in real estate? You want to be a part of this so you know what to expect because the the better prepared you are, the least of an impact it's going to have on you and the entire process. Mm -hmm. Now, that's one of the things that you talked about earlier was that like EXP, EXP has has like, like two or 300 trainings a day oh, on, gosh, this platform, yeah. on this platform that's called EXP World. 
that it's it's incredible and if you want a free pass let us know like reach out to us we'll we'll give you a free pass so you definitely can try it out you don't have to be part of exp to to get in there and check it out but you can see like 200 trainings every single day from marketing to prospecting to everything to just facebook lead generation and all these fancy real estate terminology that if you are not in real estate you're probably wondering what is he talking about right and that's some of the stuff you want to learn they yeah. even have if you're a brand new agent, they have a mentorship program where they pair you with an experienced agent and they hold your hand throughout that entire process. Yeah. And I, was I mean, amazed. it's amazing. I was amazed. You know, when I, when I first started in EXP, I had been doing real estate for a couple of years before and I was at, it was an 80% brokerage, but I, I had every, I had to do everything on my own. And I had to build a website. Oh my gosh, build oh, a website. <laughs> and then I, I didn't have a CRM. I was using an Excel spreadsheet. Mm. You know, I mean, it was just so overwhelming and I, I didn't know where to start. And then in order to start doing certain things, you need to have money. And I was like, um, hello, <laughs> and there's nothing coming in. So I joined the EXP and and I'm telling you literally, the day that I signed, the contract, they were already pairing me up with someone who sat down with me, went over that business plan, went over a realistic number that I can make throughout the year, went over my realistic and very real expenses mm -hmm. and showed me, okay, in order to cover this, you need to make this. In order to do this, we need to have X amount of open houses or X amount yeah, of leads. That's what I was going to say. The best part is that they told you, this is what you need to do. Exactly. To like literally like day to day, they can tell you what you need to do, which has been great. And you know what? And it sounds, it sounds silly, but <laughs> and one of the things, um, Steve, his name is Steve, the guy who sat down with me. Steve's awesome, by the way. He is. <laughs> he was like, so when are you going on vacation? And I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me, vacation. And he's like, yeah. And like, they were like, well, realistically, you're working your butt off all year long. When are you actually going to take time to appreciate the hard work that you did? And I'm aging myself, myself, but I come from a generation where like appreciation is not, you know, so big and common. And I was like, what? And he's like, you work hard. You have to play hard as well. And your family is giving up time from you so that you can give them what you want to give them. So you deserve that time. So we actually scheduled that in. Did I take it that year? No, because I worked all year, but then I did have a great Christmas. I'm not going to lie. There you go. But you know, like they're very welcoming. First of all, right. realistic, which needs to butterflies aren't going to fly guys, <laughs> um, you know? And then after that, I went through and, I call it a little grueling, but they do an intensive training with you. And it's called Hell Week here in the XP. Mm. But you go deep into learning how to write that contract. You don't write one contract. You write several mm -hmm. contracts a day to get used to it, to understand your compliance and the addenda, you know, looking for property, opening doors. I mean so many things that is the real life of a real estate agent, they help you and they walk you through that. And I was like, I didn't know half of this stuff. Now, mind you, I've worked in all 
areas of real estate prior, but as far as being an actual agent, there were some things, no, I did not know. And me personally, EXP was the best choice for me. Um, it might not be for you, but you may have questions and we'll be more than happy to answer them and help you if you need it. And you might be with another brokerage completely and have some questions. And that doesn't mean you have to join us, but we are more than happy to help you get through. Because if you feel alone, you're not going to be able to make it through. Right. And you can push on. I know people who have done it and they've done it on their own and they did make it. But that's a long, lonely road. It and it doesn't have to be. So that's yeah. my TED Talk for the day. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sorry, that went a little no, deep. No, it's great. <laughs> it's a great way to wrap us up because I just want to mention you want to be one of the 13 out of that 100 people who are still here five years from now, right? Yeah, yeah. That's who you want to be. And as Sasha mentioned, if you have any questions just in general about either EXP or even just how to get into the industry, even if you don't need to join EXP, mm -hmm. we can guide you into, hey, this is what you should be doing to get into real estate. And these are the resources available to you. Feel free to reach out, reach out to us. It's podcast at goodbadrealestate.com. And uh, yeah, feel free to leave us a review. Sasha, you got anything else? Yeah. And if you want to text me, text is the easiest way. Ooh, there you go. You can at 407-534-3454. Again, 407-534-3454. I have a business number. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we'll be more than happy. And even if you just want to know what to do to get started. Right. Well, I think we gave him a lot of information today. We want to thank you so much for joining us today. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for watching. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and you'll get notified when each episode comes out. And leave a review, guys. We like to hear what you guys have to say. And Absolutely. if you have any questions or you want to hear about something on the podcast, let us know. You got it. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Bye.